Welcome to My Camino, the podcast. It's great to have your company. I'm Dan Mullins. I'm in a small studio in Sydney, Australia, wishing I was back on the Camino de Santiago. I love talking to people all over the world, all of whom share an interest in the Way of St. James. It's an ancient path across many routes, finishing in the Gothic city of Santiago de Compostela, where, we're told, the remains of Christ's Apostle St. James are interred. I arrived in Santiago on my 50th birthday, and it changed my life forever. Each week I talk to pilgrims who have walked the Camino, their story, their philosophy, their motivation, the impact of the way on their lives, what they could have done differently, or perhaps what they wished they'd left behind. Well, this week, it's a Camino love story. My guests this week, Lonnie and Kjartan Bergfest. Now, they're on the line from Denmark. Hi, guys. Welcome. Hi. Now, we're going to get to your amazing love story in a moment, and it's a story, I think, for the ages. But let's set the scene. Let's start with you, Lonnie. When did you walk your first Camino? Yeah, um, I took my first steps on July 4th, 2013 from Saint-Jean. And so, Kjartan, was that your first Camino also? Yes, it was, but I started four days later, around, around July 8th that year. So, yeah, it was my first, and only so far. And, and, and so, Kjartan, let me ask you then, what motivated you to do the Camino? Do you remember? Uh, I, I remember this awful feeling of uh, restlessness. Um, I was uh, struggling a little bit with my studies, uh, not knowing what I wanted to make up life and what really uh, meant something to me. So I guess the, the, the big why I am here, I guess, was, was what motivated me to walk. Yeah, what about you, Lonnie? Do you remember what your motivation was? Yeah, definitely. Um, I had had a really rough year of teaching. Uh, I was a teacher at the time, and I also had a, a really bad breakup. And I was, um, you know, I was in my late 20s, and I was just kind of thinking about what I wanted out of life, and, and did I want the traditional kids and a family and a house and all of that, or did I want something different? And I remember I was living in San Diego, and I just felt really stuck. I, I felt like I didn't know how to shift things in my life. And I was, you know, doing a lot of things that I don't think were quite productive. I was drinking a lot of wine and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, and then just one, one night in the middle of the night, it just kind of hit me. It was like, I need to do this. And, uh, so these are some of those big questions is why, why I went on the Camino. Do you remember where you first heard about it? Yeah, actually, um, it came from my uncle, uh, who was also living in San Diego at the time. And he used to open up bars and restaurants across Europe. And one of the places that he opened up a bar was in Spain. And he would talk all the time about the pilgrims that would walk through, you know, this, this small uh, bar that he had. And this was way back in the 1970s. And then, um, yeah, I think it was maybe 2010, we were, we were talking, he told me about the Camino. And at the time, I just kind of thought, oh, this is, this is cool, like people do this, and I never thought I would do it. Um, but he planted the seed, and then you know, eventually that kind of started to grow, and, you know, it prompted me to go. Kjartan, can I ask you, how did you first hear about it? And, 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 more yeah. of, and, and also, how well known is it in, in your part of Europe? 
Well, I want to say that it's 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 uh, pretty well known, or, or at least has gotten pretty well known over the last few years. Um, and the whole focus on hiking in general is um, is really uh, a growing um, occupation in these years, I think. Um, but I only learned about the Camino like six months six months before. I, I was in a relationship, and my former girlfriend suggested that we would walk it together. My first reaction was uh, that I, I didn't think that that would be anything for me. And then the relationship ended, and then the, as Lani said, the seed was planted. And, and as July came about and I had no plans for the summer, I just one day said, I'm going to go do this. And I went out the next day and bought a backpack and some hiking shoes, and I left like two days later. What, so it was, it, wow. it was spontaneous. Well, the, it was a spontaneous decision and it went really fast. Yeah, and that, and the, and when we get to that's my I've got goosebumps because I know what story's coming up, right? And so yeah. and, and so that makes it even more special that the lightning struck when and where it did. So yeah, it's like so. Let's talk then about um, there the, there there is a reputation, if you like. The Camino has a reputation for being a religious pilgrimage. Lonnie, would you have described yourself as having a religious background or a spiritual background? Uh, No way. Right. (laughs) Um, Well, I was born and raised Catholic. So, you know, I guess there is that. Um, But but for me, I mean, it it wasn't about St. James. It wasn't about, you know, praying in churches. I mean, I, I don't even remember the last time that I went to a mass, you know, in the States. And but but there was something spiritual to it you know i think this this search this quest for the answers that a lot of people seek you know what do i want for my life what is this purpose i mean that is spirituality you know that is religion um but i don't think that if you would have asked you know are, are you going on this religious pilgrimage that i would have even associated the two at the time yeah and, and kiatan you said it was a very spontaneous thing um that you yes. but but you were doing it, you think, because you were looking for something in your life. Was it perhaps you were trying to fill a gap with some spirituality? Is that something? Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yes, I, I think so. I, I've always considered myself spiritual, and and I grew up uh, in a Protestant uh, society, a Protestant country. So I, I've always enjoyed religious rituals and going to church and. So, so I would say that I do consider myself religious, but I didn't walk for St. James. Yeah, yeah. People have said to me that, and I, Kjartan, if you've only made the decision a couple of days before or a couple of weeks before, then it's not perhaps applying to you as much as it would you, Lonnie, that when people say that when they finally made the decision to go, they could feel the Camino calling them. Did yeah. You, did you yeah. feel that? Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Absolutely. So you were on the... I mean... Yeah, go on, Lonnie. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's a reason why we say that the seed was planted, you know, and then it grew. I mean, there's a reason why people, a lot of people don't just hear about the Camino and then the next day, boom, they make the decision to go. You know, I think you really have to be at a point in your life where you're ready to to not only make the financial and time commitment to do it, physical commitment, but also where you know emotionally and and uh, spiritually you're also ready to have your heart open and to really take in the lessons. And I think um, 
that doesn't happen right away for everyone. You know, sometimes it takes years and years and years, and sometimes it's, you know, yeah, maybe a matter of months or days, but but I think that you have to listen to yourself, and when you go, it's, you know, your time. Yeah, that's right. And we were starting to hear the little baby at your feet. It's very, yeah. it's very <laughs> yeah. exciting. It's very exciting. It's so lovely. Uh, Lonnie and Kiartan, for my listeners, have a little baby at their feet, and they said to me at the start of the video, Dan, we have to warn you. I said, don't warn me. It's fantastic. Oh, listen, we're going to hear some more. How, how wonderful. That's just so beautiful. All right, let's go. The Camino Francis in 2013. You're on your way into Burgos, and what happened? Lonnie, can I ask you to tell the first part of the story? <clears throat> yeah, um, well, it was it was going to rain. You could see over the hill there was, you know, some, some clouds and you could hear some thunder in the background. And um, I was really excited about that because in California, you know, we don't get many storms. So I was, you know, yeah, I was just really feeling good walking about in the rain. And then um, I hear this guy come up behind me and you know, kind of say hello, hello, and where are you from? What's your name? All that. And we just chatted for maybe three minutes about the weather, about the storm that was coming up. And uh, Kiatin walked away. And it was really weird because I remember thinking to myself, like, I, I could live in Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> I could live in Copenhagen with this guy. Um, what, you and thought, that's kind you, of like wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You thought that after three minutes? Talking yeah, about the weather. <laughs> yeah, but but you got to know where where I was coming from, Dan. I was also kind of in this, you know, uh, you know, fantasy mode yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like I was. It, yeah. You're in Spain on the Camino, and yeah. oh, maybe things happen or whatever. But but no, I did, you know, right away feel um, like there was something there, you know, even just from a, a three minute conversation. So. So so now, yeah. Kiatan, you take it up from here, okay? So yeah. you've had the three-minute yeah. conversation, and Lonnie's had that little, little, little seed planted in her head. What happens from here? Yeah, I remember walking on and then thinking, feeling definitely some attraction, um, and and also considering whether maybe I should have talked to her for a, a bit longer. But then, then I just kind of thought to myself, I'm sure I'll see her again, and and. We ended up in, in Borgos that day, and, and I ended up talking to Lani in the evening, sitting at this cafe. We were drinking beer and wine, and, and then I overheard Lani saying that she wanted to, to, to keep like a, a resting day in Borgos the next day. And then I just went to bed that night, not, not being able to sleep, just knowing that I really wanted to, to take a rest day as well. So I, I think I fell asleep at like 3 a.m. and then woke up the next morning and ran down to the reception and found Lonnie and asked if she wanted to have a cup of coffee. And then things kind of went from there. You, you know, I'm, I'm going to cut to the chase, okay? Because, <laughs> now, now wait a second, wait a second, stay with me here. Because you end up walking to Santiago, okay? Yeah. And, and, and you weren't always together and, and we'll get to that and, and, and you both had questions and it wasn't like you went downstairs, had that coffee and ended up getting married and now there's a child at your feet. But no, and but, we have another one at daycare. Yeah, right. Well, exactly. There are two, precisely. But yeah, you, you were married six months after you walked to Santiago, yeah. and and Kiatan, you proposed in Santiago, and I have written yes. here the Camino provides. Yeah. But what I want to take you through your story, and I want to do it via your story that you have told 
in a series of videos. So this, there's, there are these wonderful, for my listeners, there are these beautiful videos called A Pilgrim Love Story. There are five of them. And the first is the tortoise and the hare. And you can see them on YouTube, and, and I'll give you the address when we finish the interview. A Pilgrim Love Story. And the first is the tortoise and the hare. Kjartan, tell us the story of the tortoise and the hare, because you weren't necessarily pilgrims in the same pod to begin with, were you? No, I think Lani was, was very, she was the tortoise, obviously. <laughs> she was very much into, you know, taking things slow. And, and but, but I, on the other hand, I came into the Camino so fast. And I just, I think the first day I walked 50 kilometers, wow. I just, I, I had so much uh, energy and so much built up inside of me that I just kind of needed to get out. So I was super fast in the beginning, or maybe also not able to walk slow. So, so I was just uh, like a hare there, uh, just going really fast, and also very aware that that I was I was in this to not to be alone, but I was I wanted to walk alone because I wanted to do what what I wanted to to do. I didn't want it to. I wasn't willing to take to to, to make any compromises, which you have to when you walk in a group. So I was very conscious about me wanting to walk alone, and you know. And, and get out there. But then when I met Lani, that, that changed literally overnight. Yeah. All of a sudden I was, I was ready to, to, to compromise and, you know, go slow and, and those things. And indeed, Lonnie, uh, uh, it, well, we'll get to part three, the video of part three, because you talk about your list and whether or not you wanted to walk together. But, but part two is about Burgos and you talked about the love of that city just tell me what it was like spending that day with Kiartan and that wonderful city, that wonderful architecture. Um, and this kind of must have been really, must have been quite heady, quite incredible. It, it was. It was, I, I think, you know, one of the most pivotal days of my life. And, and I don't use that term lightly. You know, it was... It was a day that I thought was just going to be an ordinary, like, rest day. You know, I was going to find a hotel room, put my feet up, you know, fix my blisters a little bit, like, just relax. Um, and it turned out to be the day that, you know, not only did I spend a lot of time with Kassin, but just had a, a wonderful day. Borgos was beautiful that day. Um, we went to the Museum of Evolution and, you know, walked around and talked with each other. And this is the day we also met Liz, who was um, uh, from Canada. And she ended up, you know, uh, officiating our wedding and being a really also pivotal part of our relationship. In fact, I don't think we would have been together if it wasn't for Liz at some points. Um, and, and I remember we were sitting around in a cafe and Kjartan talked about the Danish word hygge which is really, you know, gaining popularity around the world, but it's, it's about this cozy time and about the time that you spend with others that you want to be, you know, very honest and close and intimate. And <clears throat> I remember that whole day just being incredibly huge. You know, every place we went, we found this opportunity to be close together and to talk with each other. And it was just, yeah, an incredible day in Burgos. Kjartan, you, you said that after the first couple of minutes that you spoke to Lonnie on that very first day, you felt the spark. What did you, yeah. 
what were you saying to yourself in Burgos? What, what, what were you saying when you were in that museum, when you were experiencing the, uh, can I get this right, Huga? Yeah. It's, 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 um, it, it's, it's really hard to put in words because I, some of it is, is conscious, but, but I think most of it is probably subconscious. As a, it's just uh, this feeling in your gut that, that this, is, this is right. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and it enables you completely to, to, to act on it also. So it's, wow. it's really hard for me to put words. And, and, and yet I imagine that that gut feeling was really quite empowering in a sense because you was and yeah. i think that and it, it is and, and the, just like the camino is completely empowering for so many um so i think that I, I i'd like to think that it was because i was on the camino so that i was able to to act on it because you you have this belief that the camino will provide and give you what you need but also that that your 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 heart is open, as we talk about, and that you're you're also willing to accept whatever it gives you. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I've, that's one of my questions coming up in, on the next page. That's precisely what, a question I had for you, and we'll get to it. And, and because you've just touched on it, something that's very very yeah. important. The, video number three of a pilgrim's love story is about whether or not to walk on together. And, and Lonnie, you made a list. <laughs> And you were quite determined yeah. to walk on your own, weren't you? This was your Camino. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I really didn't come, you know, around the world to meet a guy. Like, that that was the last thing on my mind. Um, I mean, I had joked about, like, you know, converting a priest before I left for the Camino and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> totally joking. But, but I had never really considered that that would happen. Like, I, I really needed this time to figure out myself and, and really to figure out my what I wanted out of relationships. Like, that was a big part of it. So when, you know, Kjartan and I started to walk together, I, I had kind of a visceral reaction to it. Like, I didn't react very well. Um, I'm surprised Kjartan wanted to keep walking with me, actually, because <laughs> I kind of tried to push him away and, and all of this. But I, I sat down one night because Catherine and I were going to take some time to decide if we really wanted to walk together or if we wanted to, you know, do what we had intended to do, which would be to independent. And I, I sat down and I made a list of, you know, all of, all of the things that I probably would have done in real life, you know. So in real life, I probably would have freaked out about commitment. I would have wanted to be independent. I would have, you know, um, probably drank my way through the rest of Spain. I mean, I, I really, like, wanted to focus on what I would do. And then I decided to just do the opposite. And in my life, you know, I had never really given relationships a fair chance, I think. Um, whether it was my own fear or, you know, I just wanted to be independent or even just not knowing what I wanted. And so I decided to tell Kjartan that I wanted to walk with him. And he was, you know, surprised by that. I think he had anticipated that I wanted to go my own way, but I, I didn't. And I thought, let's try something different here. Um, and it became kind of a theme for me. I think the rest of the Camino is, is really to analyze what I would do in real life. Why isn't that working? And then try something else. Um, and I think walking with Kjartan was the first attempt at, at doing that. And Kjartan, do you, you, you no doubt remember your reaction then? 
when Lonnie yeah, said, you uh, know what, I'll walk with you. Yeah, I was, um, it was the very first day we walked together and Lonnie had been um, obviously in a lot of doubt on what to do. Uh, and, and I, of course, also wanted to respect uh, her Camino and that I understood her, the need to, to be independent. And, and, and I, yeah, I don't know where my faith came from, but I was just, I told her that I thought that she should then walk alone. And I was sure that maybe we would see each other later on or so, so, so when I said that I would, then I think you should walk alone. And Lonnie then said, you know what? We should walk together. I was surprised. I just want to say, Dan, that, you know, to people who haven't been on the Camino, this sounds like a very dramatic thing. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, you know, I think that when you're on the Camino and if you've walked it before, you know that when you walk together, you become very intimate very fast with some people. And, and so making a decision after a day to walk together or not, I mean, to outsiders might seem like that's a stupid decision. What does it matter? But if you've been on the Camino, you know that it actually is a very significant decision who you spend your time with and, and how you, you know, take that on. Yeah. It we, is. we decided we decided just to take one day at a time and, 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 and every day we would like ask each other, Do you wanna walk today? And yes and yes. And then as the weeks went by, you know, in the end it kinda it kinda became obvious. But yeah. at, the first few days, we just took it a day at a time. And then video number four is about the city of Leon. Again, a magnificent city, breathtaking in its beauty and its history. And mm. you've, you've now walked, well, I guess nearly two-thirds. Um, you've, you've got to know each other very well. And mm -hmm. Lonnie, an unexpected question from Kiata really, really threw you, didn't it? Yeah, it did. We, um, we were walking in Leon and we had gotten a room at the Parador and, you know, we were just having a beautiful, beautiful night. Um, and we were talking about marriage and just generally speaking about, you know, uh, we had planned on getting married, you know, in life and stuff like that. And then Kiazan said, you know, would you get married in Santiago? And I, I, and didn't, way, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say what I said could. Like, like hypothetically, could you see yourself doing something as crazy as getting married in Santiago? So, so like the bomb was dropped that like maybe marriage could be in our future, and and it kind of opened up this this reality of like, what are we doing? Like, are we really speaking that um, seriously about you know what we are? I mean, we've known each other for a couple of weeks, you know. And and right away, Captain was kind of like, no, I'm not asking you to marry me, you know, like uh, he clarified it. And and I remember like feeling disappointed um, because I then started to like visualize this beautiful pilgrim wedding. You know, we'd invite all of our pilgrim friends, you know, and, and it would be this like really romantic, beautiful day. And and then when Captain was like, no, no, I'm not asking, you know, it was kind of like, oh, OK, well, now reality has kind of hit us. And, and I think it both, it threw both of us into um, a little bit of a reality check. Maybe. A reality check for sure. You, you know, the, the, in the video, uh, A Pilgrim Love Story, Lonnie, you're there and, and you say, you tell the story and you're sort of batting your eyelids and you're sort of 
adjust your spectacles and you can sort of almost see that this kind of breathlessness still today. Did he really ask me? And, and, and when I was watching the video, I watched it twice and I thought, look, there's still the same reaction. Even though you're, t- yeah. even you're, though you're telling the story for you, well, a few years later, there's still the same reaction. So it's, and clearly hearing the two of you talk about it now, it's still kind of, do you pinch yourselves? Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes I do. I mean, I never, ever pictured that after walking the Camino, it would set in motion a series of events that would lead me to, you know, live abroad and get married six months later and have two children for four years. And I mean, it just, like, it, it, it is amazing to me. But at the same time, like, it's always felt right. Yeah. Um, there's... There's never been a time that I've actually questioned whether or not this is the right path. I mean, it always hasn't been easy. In fact, it's been really hard sometimes, um, but it's always felt right. Yeah. So, so we've, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I want to talk about part five of your videos. It's about arriving in Santiago. Can, can I first of all, why why did you walk in at two a.m. <laughs> Kiatum, why did you walk in yeah. at two a.m. Yeah, I think um, we were uh, closing in on Santiago and I think both of us had just had this amazing month and incredible experience. And I think we were both so overwhelmed, but also to a certain extent saturated with impressions and feelings and experiences. So I think I, think I personally felt the need to kind of, you know, uh, tie a knot on the back and kind of just um, put it in a bank box. I think I was, I was also maybe afraid that, that, that it couldn't go on being so, so wonderful. I, I, I guess there was for me also some anxiety to it as I think, how long can this go on for? And, and I just felt the need to, to, to be done with it. So, so on the last day, let me say that, I think we should just finish it. <laughs> and we ended up walking, I guess, 55 kilometers and arrived yeah. in Santiago in the middle of the night, completely empty square. And, and we just sat there and, and, yeah, took it in. And then, go on. Yeah, then the next day we checked into the Paradox in Santiago and, and we, our, our Canadian friend Liz joined up with us and we met our other uh, communal friends and... And we just spent the day in Burgo or in Santiago, and then that night we we went out to a restaurant, and we were sitting, the three of us, Lani and I, listen, and just uh, going over the Camino and talking, and and then I, I remember Lani and I started uh, talking about what now, <laughs> and 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 I realized that 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 I going home. Is hard for 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 all pilgrims, I think, and and I was really uh, determined to 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 hold on to all the the good things that I had learned on the Camino, and and I think that if if I truly wanted to to take the Camino home with me, it meant being with 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 Lonnie. So all of a sudden, after having had some tequila and some wine, <laughs> I proposed to. <laughs> And, and she said yes, and then we went out and celebrated. And, and then the next morning, I remember waking up in the hotel and I, 
I had to get some fresh air because I wasn't feeling so good. And then I went out and, and walked around the streets of Santiago. And then 10 minutes later, it dawned on me, oh, my, you just got engaged last <laughs> night. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then I actually just remember feeling that, you know, that, that that's okay. It's completely okay. This is what I want. And Lonnie? Yeah. What, okay. Kjartan is out walking the streets in the next morning. What are you thinking when you wake up? Um, I mean, I remembered right away. Um, and I had texted my mom that night um, from, I, I don't, when we got back to the hotel, I must have texted her. And I said, um, you know, uh, we're engaged. And <laughs> I woke up from a text to my mom that was just, what? <laughs> Um, and, and, and then next text was, I like him. He calls me Patricia. Uh, cause my mom's name was Patty and Kiatan was very formal with my mom and, and we had FaceTime just the day before. So she got to at least meet him and put a face to the name. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I remember feeling excited and we were going to go spend some days in Barcelona. So I was, yeah, just really looking forward to, to also kind of getting getting back to real life and, and now living this new life that, that we had set out for. Um, yeah. And, and so here were two people who had gone to the Camino looking for something, if I can put it that way, and yeah. found, yeah. if you like, found everything in, in some way. So what happened then? You were in Barcelona. Did you go back? to the US, Lonnie, and, and Kjartan, you went back to Denmark? Yeah. Yep, I went back to, I was teaching at the time, and so, um, you know, I had already committed to teaching the next school year, so it was really important that I that I went back and honor that. Um, so we spent the next year doing long distance. Kjartan was back in Copenhagen, and I was back in San Diego. But we always had the plan that I would eventually move to Denmark, um, because Kjartan was finishing school and I was much more flexible about where I live and stuff. So we got married six months later so that we could you know, be together finally in the same country. Um, and uh, yeah, that's how the next year went. Yeah, and I can, hear, I can hear the babies getting restless, so I won't keep you for very much longer. You were married in, no, okay. in August 2014. The marriage celebrated, Lonnie, on your family farm in Wisconsin. And you called it a pilgrim wedding in honor of the Camino, and it was officiated, as you said earlier, by your Camino friend Liz from Canada, who you walked with, who was there the night that you were you proposed, Kiartan. What a wonderful yeah, she, culmination of it all. Yeah, she's she's been with us the whole way, and and she was actually visiting us in Denmark when when our first baby was born. So, uh, and our baby is is kind of named after Liz, also. Um, oh. So. How wonderful. So, so uh, look, yeah, because her Liz's nickname is Ellie, and uh, and we call our daughter Eleanor. So, but Ellie for short. So, so Liz has been a very central person in the story, and is a very dear friend to us, and we still see each other. That's fantastic. Now, I'm going to ask a couple of daggy pilgrim questions here. Where yeah. where are your compostillas displayed? Uh, actually, they're still in the in the in the the roll the in the tubes. <laughs> they're they're stored away somewhere, but we haven't found frames for them yet. But oh. but they will be 
hung on the wall at some point. They have to, they have to. We spoke about the Camino transforming people's lives. How do you two put into words El Camino? Let's, let's take your extraordinary story out of the discussion for a moment. And if yeah. you meet somebody who, who knows that you have simply walked the Camino, Kiatan, can I ask you first, how do you explain it to them, the energy, the spirituality? How do you explain the Camino to people? Um, yeah, it's, it's, you can, of course, uh, go into like uh, facts and, and, and details such as uh, the, the length of the trip and, and uh, the landscapes you walk through and all those stuff. And then there's the whole other aspect, which is the, the spiritual part of it and the, the, the connectivity, connectedness of the people walking the Camino. And I, and I, 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 I think I usually just say something like that the Camino really brings the very best uh, in people and, and you experience that on the Camino in, in such a clear way. It's, 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 it, yeah. That's, that's a very, very good answer. That's a very good answer. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Lonnie, I don't want to diminish your story in any way. It's like I said earlier, a story for the ages, but I wonder just going on from what Kiartan just said, if we shouldn't expect a story like yours to happen more regularly because people open themselves up on the Camino, we're laying ourselves bare, aren't we? It's the real me or the real you. Yeah, I mean, I think, actually, I think people falling in love on the Camino um, is something we actually hear of quite often. Oh, really? Um, yeah, uh, in fact... You know, a good friend of mine walked the year later, and she's now living in Denmark with her partner. Um, there's been, uh, you know, we saw on the Camino, you know, some people's love stories unfolding. And and so I don't necessarily think that the falling in love part is something so unique, because like you said, Dan, you know, people are open and they're themselves. And whenever you have people like that, you know, love happens, right? Or at least... Mm-hmm lust maybe <laughs> too um but but at the same time i think that um you know the 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 decision to be together afterwards right is kind of where the real work starts um yeah. you know some people say that your camino actually starts in santiago and you know we've heard that before and i think we've really come to believe that that's true um the lessons that you can bring into your real life or your normal life that's kind of the hardest Camino there is and so for me the Camino while it's really difficult to explain um you know I don't necessarily see falling in love with Kjartan as the central story to my Camino actually I I see that there's so much learning and growth that had to happen before meeting Kjartan for it to even be possible if I had met him five days earlier um we wouldn't be together I, I was not ready at that point to meet someone who was stable and wanted a family and, you know, all of the things that he is. I just wouldn't have been able to see him for me. And um, so while love is, is a part of our story, I mean, it, it is just one part. And we learned a lot and grew a lot together, you know, along the whole way. So, yeah, so I don't think you're diminishing it at all. Uh, in fact, I think I think you're absolutely right that, that there's, you know, so much more that happens um, along with love, right? It's, it's yeah. just one part. It is. It is. Also, so- also, 
Come on, Kiatin, yeah. Yeah. No, I just think, you know, love, as a love does require compromise. And, and, and sometimes compromise uh, on the expense of, you know, individualism and also maybe independence sometimes. As a, and, 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 and that is sometimes uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think... I think there's there's a certain element of timing, you know, when, when you and also of course meeting someone who's right for you, um, that that enables you then to 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 make those compromises, and and you have to do it daily, yeah. the rest of your life, as long as you're together with someone, yeah, because yeah, that, you, you love do. Required. Yeah, that's right. It's not easy. It's not easy being in love. Yeah. It's, it's hard work. It's not <laughs> no. easy being it's a, it, it, a parent. It's horrible. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, babe. And it has been. It has been excruciating at times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one it's of the really great... great style, you know? No, no, but it's, it's because, it's because we, we talk about our story. And obviously, I love talking about how we met. And, and it's, 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 it was incredible. And, and I still feel how awesome it, it makes me feel good talking about it. But but there's a whole other side of, of of just the love story, and that's you know that's that's actually making it work in in, in the daily life, and that's um, that's a lot of that's a lot of work, and it has been. I mean, Lani had to give up her, her country and 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 and, and travel to another country, learning a new language, you know, leaving her friends and family in in the states, and and that that it it, it does it has required a lot of sacrifice. That's a, that's a question at the bottom of my page here. I was going to ask Lonnie, how does a California girl enjoy living in Europe? Um, most of the time, it's it's really great. I mean, you know, after having two kids, you know, we're enjoying a year of maternity leave, and uh, <laughs> I was able to find work, um, yeah, really quickly. And so, I mean, a lot of things have fallen into place, um, but I think that there has been a significant amount of challenge in, you know, leaving my family and my mom passed away last summer. So, you know, feeling like I am not there for my dad all the time and, you know, just kind of, I think adjusting to a new culture and a new place all the time is, is hard. I think it's starting to feel a lot more like home. Obviously with Kjartan and, and his family is just wonderful. So, so it's it's growing on me, you know, but um, but I definitely think that that there there is a whole nother Camino in after the Camino, um, which includes all of the struggles and all of the beauty of you know the one in Spain. But it's just um, you just kind of have to continue following the the principles that you did when you walked right in your real life, and sometimes you know that's. That's hard. Yeah, I think the Camino gives you such a clear vision of 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 life, your life, and what's important to you. And and it can be hard to maintain that clear vision after going home. I think. And certainly, that metaphor for life—that some days are easier than others. Some days you find yourself doing it easy, and other days when the path should be easy, it's really difficult, and you can't quite work out why. That's very much yeah. that's very much like life, isn't it? And and particularly yeah, with young children, um, yeah. some days. But, you... but I think you know, I, 
But I think the wonderful thing that you learn in the Camino is is just to to keep walking. Yes, precisely. <laughs> and 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 it'll it'll get better. The 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 big difference is that. Where's the where's the yellow arrows arrows in in your real life? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where are the arrows teaching you and telling you which way to go? And, and I think I think I think what I've learned maybe is that well the, the the yellow arrow arrow arrows in my life are are the values that I believe are true, or that I treasure, um, and that that can provide some guidance. Yes, yes, that's a very very good answer. Well, look, I can't believe I've been talking to you for 40 minutes. It feels like about 10. I've just looked at the clock and I've been taking up all of your morning in Denmark. Can I, I've just got a couple of very quick questions that I ask most of my guests. And I, I want to ask, start with you, Lonnie. What's the greatest challenge of being a pilgrim? Um, I think the greatest challenge... For me, being a pilgrim was, I think, um, in some ways, getting over myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think people walk for a lot of individual reasons, and myself included. You know, I had all these things I wanted to figure out. But I remember I had a really tough day one day, and I stopped, and I was talking with this couple from Australia, actually. And one of the, um, one of the guys looked at me, and he's like, Wani, just have some fun. You know, and and for me, you know, being a pilgrim, I think I always took things so seriously all the time. And and at times I just needed to lighten up and enjoy the moment and, and just have some fun. Um, so that was my, I think, hardest. Uh, yeah. Hardest, challenge. Uh, challenge. What about you, Kiat? And what uh, your greatest challenge as a pilgrim? Um, as a. As a. On the Camino, as a pilgrim, I, I, I don't think I had a lot of challenges. Of course, the physical blisters and, and all that stuff, but but I was so in love with <laughs> most of my Camino, and that really enables you to 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 to, to go far. So so my, my 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 biggest challenges has been after the Camino. I yeah, struggled yeah, sure. quite. I kept coming home and 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 uh, having all these these ideas of. Uh, I've, I've had to to work a lot with myself and, and, and grow quite a bit to 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 be able to to stay with Lenny. <laughs> so 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 it's for me it's definitely been the coming home and actually trying to hold on to 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 the Camino lessons and the Camino experiences. That that that's been hard for me. Dan, I just want to say blisters also were my, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> aside from all of the emotional, spiritual stuff, I had horrible blisters. No. Ow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just before I let you go, are there more Caminos in the future? Actually, we've, we've always, I, I think we, we both strongly feel that, that, that we, we, we shouldn't go back to the Camino de Santiago right away because it's, it's too close to us the, the one in, in, in 2013 but we have talked about that if our relationship were falling apart someday that we have promised each other that we would return to the Camino and see if if if, if walking it again would maybe enable us to to come back to each other so 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 maybe then but we've also talked about other Caminos in Europe there's the the Via Franciscana going from uh, the UK to Rome that that's on our list as well, but 
Yeah. I think I think both of us were were bitten by the the pilgrimage bug. I mean, I think we both love the lifestyle, and we both love you know the community and meeting people, and and also the challenge of it. Um, but but I think you know for now with two young kids, our greatest pilgrimage is going to daycare and kind <laughs> 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 of getting through the day. Sometimes. That's exactly so, right. You're getting you're getting. So with two two little kids, we've we've had to table any major walks <laughs> well look i've really really enjoyed talking with you both i said a few times now it's a story for the ages a camino love story thanks so much for your time lonnie and, and kiatan thank you for sharing your life story and your camino love story really in, in many ways it's only just begun yeah, yeah. thank you for having us yes you're most welcome Lonnie and Kjartan Bergqvist there on the line from Denmark. Guys, can I just say before you go that the baby was so beautifully behaved. (laughs) Yeah, he was pretty good. He was pretty good, wasn't he? Listen, thanks for your time. And to the both of you, thank you and Buon Camino. Yeah, Buon Camino, Dan. Bye now. You can find Lonnie and Kjartan's videos by Googling a pilgrim love story. And as I said earlier, they're just beautiful. And two little Camino children to celebrate as well. I hope to bring you more wonderful Camino tales over the weeks and months ahead. I'm Dan Mullins and it's an honour to be invited into your world each week to share my Camino, the podcast. Two weeks ago, I put a song onto the end of the podcast, Golden Miles, by the Australian band Healing Force. Well, an email arrived from Greta in the UK this week wanting to know what the music is at the top and tail of the podcast each week. Well, Greta, can I say immodestly, it's my song from an EP I released back in 1995, can you believe it, that long ago, called Leave Yourself Wide Open. The song itself is called Festoon and it's a love song. So fitting to close out, my Camino, the podcast love story. Here's Festoon.
Brings back memories. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins, Buen Camino.